We want to explore all sports and competitions on a deeper level in order to understand the less mainstream topics and events. We here at Deep Dive Sports not only want you to walk away having learned something, but for us to have learned something new as well. Now don't get us wrong, we will do our best to cover the big events, but our main goal is to give you a different perspective on some of the overlooked sports and competitions across the globe. We hope you're ready to learn, laugh, and have fun because we are excited to bring you this podcast. Please sit back, relax, and dive deep into these topics with us. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Deep Dive Sports. My name is Dom, and I will be your host for this episode. Today, I will be joined by Nick and David, and we will discuss the potential for NBA expansion. So for our first question is, how soon do you think the NBA will be looking to expand, and how many teams will they add? So, Nick, let's go to you first. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. I actually, I kind of have a variance of opinions on this one. I I do think eventually they're going to expand, but I don't know if how long that will be until they expand. And I I kind of think maybe they might not for a while. So, because if you kind of look at the last time they expanded, it was 2004. And even if you were to break down the numbers and say since 1988, they added seven new teams. That's a new team every five years. But obviously, like I said before, the last team that was added was in 2004, being the Charlotte Bobcats, who are now the Charlotte Hornets. So we're about 12 years overdue for a new team. I know obviously the discussion is that they're looking to add a new team at this point, but I don't know if we're really going to see that. And I think there are a couple of reasons for that. So I know you guys are going to get more into the financial gain that the owners are going to make later on in your points, but I just wanted to make a few points of why we might not see a new team for a little bit longer than what people initially have thought. I think it's partially because of the player movements within the league each year and then the player talent that continues to come into the league compared to what we have now. And then I also think it has to do with the potential new owners realizing that they're going to kind of be an NBA purgatory for a little bit because they're going to be at the bottom of that league. First of all, we've seen a huge movement of players wanting to team up. Obviously today, as we're recording this earlier, James Harden was traded to the Nets. So there's another, you know, three superstars on one team. And obviously those three guys perspectively are probably one of the top 20 players in the league. So when you look at the top 20 players of the league and they're only distributed between maybe five or six teams, that's a that's a huge problem. That means the rest of the league is without, you know, one of the premier players that we consider in the NBA today. And especially if you look at some of the bottom teams within the league, you look at, you know, a team like the Cavs or the Magic or the Hornets, you can go out West, you can look at, obviously the Suns have had talent, but they haven't had a top 20 player per se in a long time. So they've been kind of in purgatory as well too. And that also hurts smaller market teams. You know, obviously we saw an outlier with Giannis who signed back with the Bucks. But that doesn't always happen. A lot of times those smaller market teams, they're unable to retain, you know, a a top 20 player. And it's hard to find a top 20 player. And if you want to try to draft one, you can go the 76ers route. But I don't know if anybody's looking at, you know, Ben Simmons and Embiid every single game or every single year and wanting to tout them into that top 20 conversation. And at points they've looked like it. But it took them, you know, whether that was injury-wise or development-wise, it took them almost three or four years to get to that point. You've seen Devin Booker. It's Obviously, he's an offensive threat, but to become the leader that he has, it's taken him three or four years to get to that point. 
So it takes time for these guys to develop in the draft. So not only are you not able to attract a top 20 player, it takes time to develop a top 20 player. So as a new franchise, you're going to spend a bunch of money to come into the league. You're going to spend a bunch of money, maybe building a stadium or renting a stadium. You have to have a staff. You have to put a team on the court. You have to have all these kinds of things only to be per se lackluster for your first 10 to 15 years. I mean, we're lucky that Michael Jordan just has an abundance of money to spend, or I don't know how long he would continue to run his team because they've really been the bottom of the East for most of their existence. They obviously got lucky with, uh, you know, Kemba, but even he left, you know, this past year. So obviously they're probably going to add a couple more teams within the next 10 or 15 years. And I think that they'll add two. I don't think they'll just add one, but I do think there are a few obstacles in their place. So I'll uh, move on and let David give his opinion. I think Nick is right on so many things as to why we shouldn't be getting any new teams in the league. However, I think because of the current times and how desperate a lot of people have been, over the last year due to the coronavirus. So I think it may be happening a lot sooner than people think. And from what I've seen, there has been a price tag of about $2.5 billion being thrown around the league offices when I was doing my research for this topic. As of right now, according to USA Today, the commissioner said that for right now, the temporary fix to a lot of its league's financial issues is to take out lines of credit due to the pandemic. Now, how many teams will be added? I think at most, maybe two teams, if any, mainly because as Nick mentioned, the talent pool would kind of be, become really too thin, even though it is kind of really thin as it is due to the fact that like Nick mentioned, players kind of grouping together and being on the same teams. However, if they don't go the route of, adding any teams, I'd suggest maybe transferring some of their smaller markets or even some of their medium-sized markets, such as the Sacramento Kings, Brooklyn Nets, and even the Phoenix Suns to another city that could basically afford to have the teams there, essentially. So I think that the better idea would be to possibly transfer. You'd still get that financial aspect recover some of its financial issues for the league itself without having to spread the the talent pool as even thinner than it already is. Thanks, David. I, I think you brought up some good points. Um, the idea of maybe moving a team is something that I haven't really considered, but I, I think that expanding is really what they're thinking about doing right now solely because of the price tag that it would take to join the league. Uh, you mentioned earlier the $2.5 billion that it would take to add a team. That money would be spread evenly amongst all the owners in the league. So these owners that are kind of hurting for money right now because of the pandemic, it's going to help them kind of recoup some of the money that they're losing. But I think long-term financially, it's going to be better for the league um, just because of TV deals as well as other revenue streams that an NBA team produces, these teams make a lot of money every year. So if you add another two teams to that, that's only going to go up from there. But I think the NBA would should add two teams, but I would put them both on the West Coast and then move teams like Memphis and um, New Orleans over to the Eastern Conference. Just so geographically, it makes a little bit more sense because 
Louisiana and Memphis are kind of in the middle. Memphis more closer to the East Coast than they are the West Coast. It kind of just makes sense to put them in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. In terms of time frame, I could see within the next three years adding two teams, but it's definitely going to be something that they're going to be thinking about for a while. I don't think it's going to be a, a rash decision that they make. So now that we've established how soon we think the NBA might expand, what cities do you think would be suitable for an NBA team? David, let's start with you. Awesome. Thanks. When research for this topic, I kind of based my opinion mainly off the population of the city, as well as whether or not the city has a stadium that could hold that event, meaning could they afford to build their own stadium, like kind of like the Las Vegas Raiders did when they moved to Las Vegas this just this past year. And so I kind of came up with Vancouver, British Columbia, Las Vegas, Nevada, Seattle, Washington, and Mexico City, Mexico. For Vancouver, the city itself has about 675,218 people as of 2017. Now, if you include the metro area, like the grander scope, there's about 2,463,431 people. Now, just the city itself is larger than the city of Cleveland, which has all three teams of the major sports in the United States. There's also an NHL team already located there. It could use their NHL facility as the arena, kind of like what the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse already does for the Cavaliers as well as the Monsters, which is the AHL team for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Even though there was a team that had been previously located there in Vancouver, which was at the time the Grizzlies before they moved to Memphis, they didn't necessarily succeed because they were there from 95 to about 2001, that doesn't mean that about 15 years later, people's opinions of that city can't change. You can still try it again. And then if it it doesn't work there, you can still transfer it to another city, kind of like what the Memphis Grizzlies did. Now for Las Vegas, kind of the same idea. The city itself has little over 600,000 people in the actual city with little over 2.2 million people in the metro area. So essentially, my reasoning for this one, it has the population like Vancouver to succeed. They just had an NFL team be relocated there. And with the addition of the Golden Knights a few years back, they would have an arena ready to play games in, along with where they have been hosting NBA Summer Leagues over the past few years. And then Seattle, Washington. There's about uh, 725,000, give or take, in the actual city itself with little under 4 million in the metro area. These people have been wanting their bas- essentially their basketball team back ever since it moved to Oklahoma City and became the Thunder. Right now, they are in the process of getting their own NHL team, and it's pretty much going into the old Supersonics arena. So they could just reformat that and kind of do what the Cavaliers are doing. In terms of Mexico City, uh, they don't particularly have an arena specifically set for basketball but they definitely have arenas that can be refurbished and updated to be used as a basketball arena. There's also about 8.8 million people in the city itself. So like I mentioned, they already have albeit old and would need updating for the infrastructure for these kind of events. And I simply see it as a way to grow the sport even more than it already is in the current state. As of right now, the three biggest countries that kind of support the NBA are the United States, 
in which the NBA for the most part is located, Canada, where we already have a team, and China. So, which is one of the biggest markets in the world as it sets. So just expanding into another country to see where that population sets. Again, they can move the teams if it doesn't work out at the end. Thank you, David. I think you brought up some good points. And when I go through my list later, uh, we have a lot of similarities. Nick, let's go to you. Yeah, like David, uh, I did have Seattle as one of the options. Obviously, I think the people of Seattle and then NBA fans generally, they would love to see a team back in Seattle. Um, I think the movement of the Sonics out was kind of unjust. And um, obviously there was probably other things that went behind it, but they are dying to have a team back. And like David said, within there, within the city of Seattle, it has about 724,000 people in it. And then that metro area obviously has a lot more people as well, but they already support four pro teams. So they already have an NFL team, an MLB team, an MLS team, and a WNBA team. So they already kind of have their basketball fix within WNBA. With the amount of people they have and the hunger they have to have basketball back, they would for sure support a team to be there. And like David said, they do have the facilities that they could use in order to host that team. Another option, which I don't know if a lot of people are thinking about, um, but I chose Columbus, Ohio. The population for Columbus I think it's big enough. It has about 878,000 people. Obviously, the metro area has a couple million. Central Ohio alone is one of the fastest growing within the country. We do only have two pro teams, obviously, within the MLS and the NHL. But I do think the hunger for sporting teams within the city itself and within the area has shown prevalent with how they fought to keep the Columbus crew there. There was a real threat that they were going to be moved out. So they made sure that it stayed there. They showed people that they wanted it there. And a group of people made sure that they bought it and kept it there. And now they're building a new stadium like they wanted. And the fan base gets to keep their, their soccer team. So, And they're huge supporters of the Blue Jackets as well. So I think that's a possible destination. Obviously, it'd be a little weird because it's right down the road from uh, Cleveland. But I do think the population in the surrounding areas population is big enough to support an NBA team. Uh, the third team that I put up was uh, Kansas City. Their population is a little bit smaller. They only have about 486,000 people. They do have three pro teams. Obviously, we know of their NFL team. They have an MLB team and an MLS team. I do think with their recent success, you know, obviously with Mahomes and the Chiefs, um, I think that 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 would fuel excitement for a new type of sports franchise um, to support within their their city. So I think they've shown that they can support their franchises that they have, even with the, uh, the small amount of people. And I think that an NBA franchise would be pretty successful there as well. And then the last one's kind of a little bit of a stretch, but I did put Pittsburgh down. It's kind of a little bit of an out of box, out of the box. Um, they don't have a huge population within Pittsburgh itself because Pittsburgh isn't really like huge geographical wise, but the surrounding areas around it, there's probably that adds a little bit more people on top of that 300,000 people that are within the city, but they are able to support three, you know, major pro teams with the NFL, NHL, and MLB as well. And kind of like Kansas City or even maybe Cleveland, they've shown that with that small population and in the surrounding areas, they're able to, you know, support those teams and those teams are able to stick around and, and continue to chug on. So those are the four teams that I put down. Um, obviously, they're a little bit different than David's and Dom's, but 
I think they're potential landing spots for teams. And I think the markets are strong enough to prop up a team like that and hold it on. So I'll turn it back over to Dom. Thanks, Dave. So when I was kind of doing my research for this episode, I was really looking at cities that not only had either a large population already, but a growing population. And then I also looked at, does the city already have an arena that the team could move into? whether it's, you know, a college basketball arena or uh, NHL arena. So starting off top of my list, obviously, I think we can all agree on this, Seattle. Obviously, when you think of NBA expansion, you think bringing uh, the Supersonics back. Like you guys mentioned before, they got the large fan base. And not only is it a large fan base, but they're a passionate fan base. Like They, they were a diehard city for the Supersonics. And I it kind of stinks not having an NBA team in Seattle. And I think the NBA needs to go back there as soon as possible. McKee Arena, where uh, the Supersonics played, has been renovated um, and will be the home of the Seattle Kraken. So there's an arena already there, renovated, up to date. They could just move in and be good to go. Number two on my list, I put Las Vegas. Obviously a large city, growing population. They already have an NBA-ready arena because they have the NHL Las Vegas Knights, and they're doing really well. The rent, um, arena is beautiful, um, and the amount of people that live in Las Vegas is pretty significant, but the amount of people that visit Las Vegas is even bigger. So selling tickets will never be an issue when you have a large population already there, but then you got millions and millions of people that are visiting there. And if there's a Las Vegas basketball game, if people need something to do while they're in town, might as well go check out a basketball game. Um, and the NBA already has a relationship with the city because the summer league is already held there. So they're kind of already familiar with how the city kind of works. Um, there's obviously an appetite for basketball there because they chose to hold the summer league there. Number three on my list, I put Louisville kind of out of the box. But in Kentucky, basketball's king. They eat, sleep, breathe basketball. Louisville has a metro population of 1.2 million, and they got an NBA-ready arena that they can share with the University of Louisville, right in the heart of downtown, and they'll be the only pro team in Kentucky, so they're not going to have to compete with anybody for that fan base, and I think they'll be a pretty loyal fan base as well. Fourth on my list, I put San Diego. It's the second largest city in California. The only pro team that they have there is the Padres, um, now that the Chargers have left. Only problem with San Diego is they will have to build an arena. But I think with the population of San Diego, it's kind of hard not to consider them just because it will be such a, a huge market for the NBA. But I, overall, I think you guys listed some good options. Um, but how do you guys think that adding more teams will affect the level of play? Um, for that, we will go to Nick first. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I, I did like some of the options that you listed off. They were a little bit different with, uh, you know, San Diego. Obviously, that's wouldn't be a bad option. Regarding the question, I do think it actually would affect the level of play and the level of competition, like I said before. Obviously, with more teams means more teams that could be left out of being a location for a top 20 player to want to sign and potentially team up with another player. The biggest issue that we have within the the NBA today is the difference in level of competition night in and night out. I think there's a clear, maybe six to 10 teams, 10 teams might be too many, but there is a clear difference between those top 10 teams and the rest of the league talent wise. If you add another team, especially another small market team, they will have the same troubles as the others. 
it's hard to attract those top 20 players. And it's even harder to keep those top 20 players when you develop them. You know, obviously we had an outlier in Giannis, like I said earlier, who stayed where he was at. And I think that's amazing. I think that's a good sign. And maybe that's something that would push, you know, somebody to want to start a new team and be confident in that. But I don't think that's enough of an outlier to say that the the talent wouldn't water down, obviously. Also, it takes time to build a team and be competitive when you first start a team out. I mean, you, you like I said, you look at Michael Jordan's team that he started back in 2004 and they don't compete like they should at this point. You know, obviously it's been over 16 years. They should be a team that is at this point competing for the playoffs, at least at least being a competitive out for teams. But even their star player wanted out and ended up going to another team this past year. So I think obviously at some point, somebody is going to want to start a new NBA team and it's going to benefit the other owners, like you guys said. But I think unfortunately we are going to see a dilution of talent within the NBA and we'll just have to live with that for about 10 years. You know what I mean? Until it kind of catches up. Thanks, Nick. I think you uh, really brought up some good points, but David, let's get your opinion on this topic. Now, I do not think it would affect the level of competition at least immediately. Now, my idea behind this was the talent wise is kind of already diluted in a sense we keep reiterating this point of players wanting to just team up with each other and just going to these single cities, like going to teams like the Los Angeles Lakers. However, I think it down the road, it may affect it negatively depending on how many teams are to be implemented. If they do, I'd say they limit to no more than two teams. I do not see this being an issue, at least not on a massive scale. And the reason that I believe that it won't affect the league immediately is because the league pretty much, as I said before, already has an issue with competition as it sits now. If the addition of new teams changes anything, it would change the size of the collegiate draft pool. And it may just bring, I guess you could say, more diluted players. I lack for a better way of saying that, I admit, but... Who knows? It just might give other players more options. Anyways, I'll hand it back over to Dom to kind of finish up this question. Thanks, David. So I don't think expanding will have a huge impact on just the quality of the games that we see. I think it might have the potential to even make it better, depending on um, how they go about expanding and what cities they choose to um, expand to. But um, the NBA now allows players to go straight from high school or college to the G League. And this has really allowed some young players that might not have succeeded early on in their careers in the NBA. It's given them some time to get more coaching, get more playing time that they wouldn't have gotten before and kind of develop their skills. And we've already kind of seen that. We've already seen a lot of players from the G League make their way up from there and, and really improve their skills and become good NBA players. So I think if you expand, you're going to have to rely on, you know, probably some players from the G League. If you can attract some free agents, depending on your location, you know, you could you know, maybe try to compete for a title relatively quickly, not, you know, waiting 16 years to be competitive like the like the Charlotte Hornets. But I, I think it is doable. And I, th- I think it could, I, I don't think it will affect the quality of play that much. Let's head to our final thoughts for the episode. David, let's go to you. All right. Thank you, Dom. First, I want to say that this is a very good possibility. While I do understand the reasoning behind expanding, 
as well as the points made by both Nick and Dom, does not mean I actually agree with the idea at all, which leads me to my second point. Instead of expanding the league, I believe that Commissioner Silver should in fact transfer teams, which is something that I very briefly mentioned earlier. However, that could be something that could can be discussed on a future date. Now, like Dom mentioned about the G League, the G League could possibly change a lot of things because as we know, the minor league system in the in the baseball is probably one of the best. And a lot of great players who came out of high school went through the minor league systems and have had amazing careers because of it. So with that said, I just want to say thank you, Dom, again, for bringing this topic up. And I'd like to hand it off to Nick. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, guys. I mean, this is a great discussion. Obviously, like David said, I, I do think regardless of whether or not we want it to happen, I think it will happen in the next two to five years. I, I do agree with David. I don't think that they should do it. And I, I also don't think that they should transfer teams. I mean, I understand they're hurting for money right now, but I don't see a point in ripping a team from a city like they did with Seattle when they don't really have to. I think ultimately they just have to figure a way to spread the talent out like it used to be and whether or not they put restrictions on how many max players you have or top 20 players you have, whatever they have to do in order to make sure it's a little bit more of a competitive field, one through 30. I think that that's what they need to do. But again, I do agree with David in thinking that that I think 30 teams is enough. I just think that they need to do more work with inside those 30 teams and with inside their organization in order to spread that talent around and then uh, also incorporate gaining more money on top of that. Thanks, guys. And I want to thank you guys for joining the episode today. Um, I really think this is a good discussion. And I think we, and as well as our listeners, learned quite a bit. And I know this episode was a little bit different. We It was more opinion-based than, you know, kind of learning a new topic. But I think just from hearing other people's opinions, you can hear a perspective that you didn't think about before. And I, that was definitely true today. I never thought about, you know, maybe moving a team or some of the cities that you guys listed I'd never thought of before for potential expansion. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. And we can't wait to take a deep dive again next week. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.